What's going on, everybody? How are you? Hey, can we do something for a moment? Let's do something. I want you guys to stand up. Yeah, I want you to stand up. Let's take a few moments. Walk across the room, connect. We got to warm up a little bit. Let's say hello. Good evening, citizens. Good evening. Are we, are we awake now? Good evening. Good evening. What is up? Hey, it is good to be here with you all. Great to see you guys. I love the connection. We, we do that. We do that because we're a family, right? And so we can't come in here and sit next to each other and pretend like, I don't know you. You don't know me. I like it that way. We can't do that because we're a family. That's who we are. And so we, we have to connect. We got to be like, what's up? And because uh, we can't go any further in our gathering if we don't know each other a little bit, you know? And so um, we're going to get started today. I'm excited. We're wrapping up our series today called <clears throat> Thirsty. Thirsty. Wrapping up our series. We've been here for three weeks. But before we get into it today, I'm just curious. I'm super curious and I got to know. I just got to know. I got to know. I got to know up here. Hey, hey. What is, I feel like, is this, is this on? Hey, hey, listen, what we're doing here is important. Time out, time out. Everybody time out. Selfies away, Photoshop off, all right? Whatever, whatever you're doing. Eyes up here. What we're about to do is super important. Maybe, maybe we just got to set the context, all right? As we come every Wednesday night, we're fun, we hang out. We, we, we spend time with each other because we're a family, but we have these few moments in our gathering where we do something super serious, all right? Eyes up here. 
We do something super serious where we come together, we open up our Bibles, and we say, I want God to talk to me tonight, all right? And so again, we're having fun, we're going to be a blast, but I'm going to ask you, for the next few minutes, let's respect the word of God here, let's respect what we're doing, and let's give God our attention, let's give him our time, let's pay attention, and, uh, and, and I think you guys will find it worth it, all right? So with that said, with that said, I'm just dying to know, how do you listen to music? I'm curious. How do you listen to music? On your phone? Okay, okay. On the computer, the radio. But I'm thinking more like this. I'm thinking more like this. I bet you if we were to go around the room and ask each other, we could all be divided into two categories. All right? And I'm, I'm making a statement here, so you tell me if I'm wrong. I bet you all of us would fall into two categories. Those who listen or those who choose their songs because they're music-driven and those who choose their songs because they're lyric-driven. You guys know what I'm talking about like that? All right, music-driven. You know where I'm at. Where's my music-driven people? Where's my music-driven, right? You're, down, you're, going down the radio, you're, you're going down the road, right? And you're just bumping, right? Like, boom, 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 right? You know what I'm saying? You choose songs because of the beat. You choose songs because they're catchy, right? You don't even know what the song is saying, right? How many music-driven people, right? You're like, it's catchy, it's stuck in my head, I got it, right? You're the kind of guy that you're in the car, and the person next to you is like, what are you singing? And you're like, I have no idea. And they're like, listen to the words. I found my homie in the street, cut him up, cut him up. Ganked him in the side, cut him. And you're like, I don't know what it's saying, I'm just grooving. I'm like, do you not listen to the words? And you're like, nope. <laughs> I'm not going to, let me not pick on hip hop. Let me not pick on hip hop because you country people are just as bad, right? You're just as bad. You're like, yeah, don't, 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 and you're driving down and you're like, I got my pickup truck. You got a minivan, kid, right? Got the windows down. And then somebody's like, do you listen to the words? That is so depressing. My cat died. I don't even know what words we can go from there. I'm stuck because I don't listen to the lyrics. I'm a music-driven guy. And then we have the other side of the room. Where's the other half? You're lyric-driven, right? Yeah, you're like, dude, the artist has a message, right? You're the kind of people that you can love a band, but as soon as they crack the top 40, you're like, they're dead to me, right? I only like the independent groups, right? Super low-key. Like, you pride yourself on finding groups that, like, nobody knows their name right? Super grunge, super indie. You listen to the lyrics. You hate 7-Eleven songs. You know 7-Eleven songs are, right? They say the same seven words 11 times, right? And you're like, dude, there's no soul in the music. All he says is, all I do is win, win, win over and over. And you're like, exactly, man. There's music-driven people and there's lyric-driven people. How many music-driven people, right? It's catchy. It's on my radio. How many people oppose all things top 40 and you are more lyric driven? Yeah, <laughs> yep, yeah, okay. You understand that you listen to the lyrics because the artist has something to say. Unlike that catchy music where he has nothing to say, lyric driven people are like, dude, he has a message. We should respect him and listen to it. So what we've been doing, what we've been doing over the last several weeks, well, let me say it like this. The, in the Bible, there's a collection of song lyrics, right? There's a collection of song lyrics called the Psalms. And one of the most famous songwriters, one of the most famous artists 
He, wasn't, he, he was top 40 back in the day. He, like, he would have been number one on iTunes back in his day. But one of the f- most famous songwriters in history is in the Bible, and his name is King David. And so we have this collection of song lyrics, and over the last few weeks, we've been spending time looking. We've been spending time looking at a very specific song and studying the lyrics. And the name of the song is Psalm 63. I know, they don't name songs like we do today, so much cooler. But we're looking at this one song called Psalm 63. And just like any artist, he's telling his story, right? You know, like those artists that tell their story, and you're like, dude, I can track with that. So he's telling his story, and just to catch you up, as we've been going through the lyrics, he, he's telling about a time in his life where there was a rebellion. And so here's King David, and he's on the throne, right? He's the king. And this group of people, they start to do this rebellion against him, right? They betray him. We find out in his song that even one of his own sons was betraying him. And so they're chasing him off the throne. He runs for his life, and now he's in the wilderness. And like many great artists do, the ones that you like, he goes, I feel deeply I'm going to write a song. And so picks out his quill, gets some scroll, and he's like, I'm in the wilderness. And he starts writing a song. And all the lyric-driven people are like, yes. Yes, tell me a story. And everybody's like, what kind of beat is it, right? The other people. But he's writing the story. He's writing the song. And as he writes the song, you realize that not only is he in a physical wilderness, he's in like this emotional wilderness. And he's getting deep. And he's using this poetry and this imagery. And he's like, my soul is thirsty. My soul is thirsty. And he's writing these lyrics. He's writing the songs in the wilderness. And most of you guys have found yourself in a wilderness, right? We talked about it last week. Almost all of you guys can talk about a time in your life where life was not very refreshing. Instead, life was super dry. But what we learn, what we've learned, guys, as we're looking at the song lyrics, we learn that there can be satisfaction even in the wilderness because God satisfies the thirst of his soul. There can be satisfaction even in the wilderness. And we get all of this, not by listening to the beat. We get all of this because we're listening to the lyrics of Psalm 63. And for the final uh, week, for the final part of our passage today, the final movement of this song is what I'm calling a a confident crescendo. Because though he's in the wilderness, as he goes on, It's almost like he's building momentum and the song is getting louder and he finally comes to the end and he's confident. And so for a couple minutes here, let's look at the final part of his song called the confident crescendo. Read with me, starting in verse seven. For you have been my help and in the shadow of your wings, I will sing for joy. My soul clings to you. Your right hand Uphold me. We're in Psalm 63, verses 7 to 11. If you have your notes, you can take them out. The text is actually on the back. Let me read that one more time, the first point here. For you have been my help, and in the shadow of your wings I will sing for joy. My soul clings to you. Your right hand upholds me. As David is singing his song here, we realize that he can be confident. Why? Because those who trust in God will be helped. Students, those who trust in God, those of you who trust in God, you will be helped. 
Now remember, David's in the wilderness here, right? And his situation is getting out of hand. He has no idea what's going to happen. He has no idea what the outcome of this story will be. But here's what he does know. And he says it in his song. God is my help. What do you picture when you think of help? What do you picture when you think of help? Perhaps some of you guys think of what I think of with my son, mommy's little helper, right? My son, he's nine months old, and I'll show you what I mean here. He's nine months old, and he just learned how to climb up into the dishwasher. <laughs> don't worry, I don't turn it on, all right? He learned how to climb up into the dishwasher while my wife is taking things out, and he likes to help. And so obviously, he does what any helping son would do. He grabs the forks, and he throws them over his shoulder, right? And my wife, she goes, aw, that's mommy's little helper, right? I mean, in reality, we could do it without Micah. But hey, it's cute. So we take pictures, and we just, you go, aw, mommy's little helper. Not really helping. He's just, you know, whatever. Is that what you think of God is like? When, when he says God is my help, is that the picture that comes to mind? He's a helper. Meaning, he gives me a little bit of assistance, and, you know, but in reality, I could do it without him, but thanks anyway, God. Is that what you think of when you hear help? Or maybe you think of this picture. Here's a picture from Pakistan, right? Hurricane, floods are rising, and what do people do? They run up to their roofs. They get up into their roofs and because they, they know that everything is being destroyed by water. And so they get, the, you know, they don't have access. See, there's no staircase. They're like ho hoisting each other up onto the top of the roof, and they're here, and they're looking over the side, and they see the water rising. And the water is rising. And they, as they look at it coming so fast, they know it's only a matter of moments before I'm overwhelmed by the flood. And so here they are, the family. They're huddled on the roof. They have no idea what they're going to do. They're hopeless because the water, the flood is rising. And in a few moments, they will, everything will be washed out and they will drown. Imagine that feeling there. What do you feel? How hopeless are you? How helpless are you? And you're just huddling for your final moments. And then, you kind of hear this like, something, a noise. You kind of hear this purring. And you look, and as you, as you look to the other side, you see a helicopter coming straight at you, swooping in. And you look at it, and immediately you go, help is here! Help is here! All of the anxiety that you had, all of the agony that was in your chest is immediately gone. And now there's this confidence and there's this hope you have, right? Why? Because the flood went away and there's no more water. No, they're still on the roof. The situation hasn't changed, but help has arrived. And so now they can be confident. Now they have hope. That's the kind of help. That's the kind of help that God is like. It's the kind of help that saves you when you can't save yourself. It's the kind of help that you completely rely on because if it wasn't there, what would you do? That's what David says. That's what he means when he said, God, you're my help. He's still on the roof, friends. Think about it. He's writing this song. He's still on the roof and the water's rising. He's still in the wilderness and yet he can... Come with this confident exclamation because he knows, God, you got me. 
He's still in the wilderness. Nothing has changed. But here comes the crescendo of confidence, friends, because he knows those who trust in God will be helped. Those who trust God will be helped. Let's keep going through the lyrics here. Look what else he says. It's so funny. Look at it here. He says, what, what does he say about God's wings? Did you guys know that God had wings? Oh, yeah, yeah. Look what he says here. He says, in the shadow of your wings, I will sing for joy. God doesn't have wings. <laughs> You're like, oof, that made me nervous for a second. Yeah, God doesn't have wings. Remember, he's a song artist. He's a poet. He's using imagery. And so he uses this metaphor of an eagle, right? Like, imagine an eagle. Like, a, like when I don't say bird, because you're thinking like a little pigeon, and I hate them, and I kick them. Aww. I'm just kidding. I don't kick them. Yes, I do. Right? But imagine, like, this bird of prey. Imagine an eagle, just oh, majestic. But then imagine a little baby version. Aww. Imagine a little baby bird. And the baby bird is frightened. Say, aw. Baby bird is frightened because there's a predator coming. The baby bird is helpless. It has no wings. It can't, or it can't fly. Maybe it's deformed and has no wings. I'm not sure. But it has, no, it has a soft beak. It can't fight. It can't fly. And so instinctively, the little baby bird, what does it do? It runs to the mama bird. And it comes, and it tucks itself in right here, just right under its wings. And it tucks in there, and it says, you know what? The, the, the attacker is still out there, but I'm safe in here. Because I'm close to the mama bird. And so David, like a good songwriter, he says, that's how I feel. That's how I see God. My whole soul clings to him. I rely on him. And so now, even though I'm in the wilderness, I could take a deep breath. Because I know that those who trust in God will be helped. Those who trust in God will be helped. You guys believe that? Honestly. Those who trust in God will be helped. God, you are my help. This isn't some general truth statement that applies for everyone. I want you to listen to me here, friends. This is not some general statement that you can put on a bumper sticker. Need help? Call God. Right? Because that, that's how people treat this. They go, yeah, God is helping. I don't talk to him. I don't, I'm not in a relationship with him. I don't really know him. But as soon as life gets hard, right? As soon as life gets scary, as soon as the airplane begins to have turbulence, they go, oh God, you're my help. Oh God, help, help, help. And they learn how to pray really fast. These one word prayers, help, <laughs> right? But these are not general truths that apply to all people at all times. Notice, friends, who can say, God, you are my help? It's those who have said, Verse 1, oh God, you are my God. Friends, this is the confident hope of someone who has made David's confession. Do you remember his confession of faith? Remember week one? Oh God, you are my God. David has said no to all the other gods around him. He said no to the gods of his friends. He said no to the gods of the people in the land. And he said yes. He committed his entire life to the one true God. And so now, a person who is in that covenant, a person who is in that relationship, only they can say, oh God, you are my help. Only a person in that relationship who has put their trust in God can make the confident crescendo 
God, you've got me. Is God your help? Can you say for sure that God's got you? Can you say that God is your help? If you make the confession of David, God, you're my God. If you make the confession of David, then yes, you can have the confidence of David. Yes, when life is hard and you don't know what's going on and you don't know how, the, how this whole situation is going to end up at home. When life is scary, when your friends betray you, when you don't know whom you can turn to, in those moments, friends, in the wilderness, you can say, God, you are my help. Like the helicopter kind of help, not Micah Shea kind of help. God, you are my help. And so think about it, though. Tell me if this is true. Not everybody trusts in God like that. Right? Not everybody trusts in God. Not everybody has made the confession of David. There's actually a second group of people here. And we're going to see it in our last few verses. There's the group of people who trust in God. But now I want you to look at the second group, those who oppose God. Repeat after me. Say, trust, trust. Oppose. oppose. Two groups here. Let's look at our final verses, verses 9 through 11. But, never see a but, you know, it's like er, screech marks in contrast. But those who seek to destroy my life, they shall go down into the depths of the earth. They shall be given over to the power of the sword. They will be a portion for jackals. But the king, he will rejoice in God. All who swear by him shall exult, for the mouths of liars will be stopped. I thought the Bible was rated PG. Not. <laughs> What's going on here, friends? We see that those who trust in God will be helped. But now we see in the final few verses that those who oppose God will be punished. Everybody say trust, oppose. Those who trust God will be helped. But those who oppose God will be punished. Now, Sam, time out, time out, time out, time out. I thought the background of the song was that they were opposing David. Why does he say that they're opposing God? I thought they were trying to rebel against King David. Why does he claim that they're trying to rebel against God himself? Let me tell you a story, all right? There once was a couple, older couple, we'll say they were 30, and they wanted to go out on a nice date, right? I'm not 30. I'm not talking about myself, all right? I'm not 30 yet. And so they want to go out on a date night, but they have children, and so they need a, they need a babysitter to watch their six and nine-year-olds. And so they invite a babysitter over. He's there for a few hours. She's there for a few hours, and they go away. Now that babysitter, you have to understand something here. That babysitter has been given the full authority of the parents, right? That babysitter is a direct representative of the parent's desire, of their will, of their plan. Got it? And so now let's proceed with our night. The babysitter tells the six and nine-year-old, it's time to turn off the television. Not because she wants the TV off, but because she is representing the parent's will. She says, it's time to go upstairs and brush your teeth. Not because she wants you to brush your teeth. I mean, maybe she does. I mean, depending on how you, your breath is kicking, right? But for the most part, she wants you to brush your teeth, not because of her own will, but because she's representing who? The parent. the parent. 
She says, okay, it's time to turn off the lights and go to sleep. Not because she cares about your sleep cycle, but because she's representing the parents. And so we know because she's expressing their desire that if you were to rebel, if you were to oppose the babysitter, if you were to flat out reject her, that is just as punishable as if you disobeyed your parents themselves. Am I right? And so when they come home, whoo, I know what happened to me when I was a six to nine year old rebelling against the babysitter, right? The parents are taking personal offense, not because you disrespected them directly, but because you disrespected their representative. They've been given the full power of the parent. And so friends, why do I tell you this story? Because David is God's representative. David has been chosen to lead God's people. God gave David a throne to, be the, to, to, to mediate God's rule and reign. Guys, are you seeing this? David was the person put in charge of God's people, and God said, he will express my desire, my will, and my plan. So to reject David is just as punishable as if they were rejecting God himself. When people were rebelling against him, when they were trying to remove him as king, when they said, David, we've had enough of you, guy. We want you dead. When they did that, they were, they were, it's as if they were looking God in his face and disobeying God. Question, deep thinking time, all right? I need you to think here. What happens to a person who disobeys the creator of the universe? What fate can you expect for a person who has rebelled the all-powerful God? How do you expect the story to end for a person who has said, eh, no thank you, sovereign God of the universe. I'm going to do things my way. How can you expect that to end? That's like my, my, my older sister. She's 13 years older than me, and she would babysit us, right? So my parents always had free babysitting. And so she would babysit us, and so she's 13 years older than me. So when I was six, she was 19. Right. She was 19. And whenever I would act up, she had a simple line she would say to me. She'd look at me and go, this will not end well for you. <laughs> and she was so, yeah, she, right? It, it's just like, I would have rather her scream at me, but she'd get really calm and just smile, and she'd go, this will not end well for you. And then I go, ha, ha, ha. You're the devil. But she was right. She, go, she, goes, she basically was saying, Sam, think about this. What fate can you expect for a child who is disobeying the direct authority of their parents? This will not end well for you. And so young men and young women, I'm asking you to think about it. What fate can possibly result for someone who rejects the direct representation and authority of God himself? And so look at the verse, look at the verse. David says, this will not end well for them. They're, they think they're rebelling against me, but they're actually rebelling against God. And so look at the fate that they will experience. Oh, those of you who like lyrics, check this out. Because he reserves the strongest language for the final part of his song. Check it out. Those who seek to destroy my life, they will go into the depths 
of the earth. I just imagine the music here being like, crash, 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 earth. Right? <laughs> they will go to the earth. Like, <laughs> this is heavy. How many of you have been taking a trip to the depths of the earth? No. It's the grave, right? Depths of the earth means death, or the depths of the earth means death, the grave. He says those who rebel against God, they will end up in the grave. Look what else he says here about the swords. Go back, go back, go back. Look at the text here. He says they shall be given over to the power of the sword. Man, that's like a metaphor for an army, right? Here are these people trying to go, forget you, God. Forget your representative. I'm in charge. And he goes, there's going to be an army coming, and you're going to fall prey to the sword. A stronger army will conquer them. And then he says this, they will be a portion for jackals. This is low. This is like, David just like, he went there. In ancient culture, friends, do you know what was almost as important as the way you lived? The way you died. Right? Like a lot of people, you go, when I die, I don't care what happens to my body. But in that culture, the way that you handled their body was like their honor, right? Like you want to kick a guy while he's down or while he's dead? Don't bury his body. Like that's a disgrace on your family. And so he's saying these people who oppose God, not only will they die, not only will they be conquered, they will not even have an honorable death. They will sit out in the field for all to see them. And the only people going to their funerals and attending to their dead bodies are the dogs. He leaves, he describes this in no uncertain terms. Those who oppose God will be punished. Those who oppose God will be punished. But look what he says. He's not too concerned. So here's David in the wilderness, right? We got to remember the song, right? He comes and he's like, I'm in a desert, God. I feel like I'm going to die. And he starts writing the song. And by the time he gets to the end, he's in, this, he's in this crescendo. And he goes, you know what? As a matter of fact, I'm good. The king shall exult in God. I'm good because I know that at the end of times, their mouths will be stopped. You know what it means when their mouths will be stopped? You ever have someone talk smack and they're like, dude, I'm going to dominate you. I'm going to dominate you on the court. I'm going to dominate you. And then in your face, you're like, three-pointer for the win. What can they say? Nothing. <laughs> Shh. That's all you do to them. Shh. You got nothing to say. Because you were just shown up. You got nothing to say. And they walk away with their tail between their legs. Everyone who opposes God in the end of their life, their mouths will be shut. They will have nothing to say. Oh, God, who? Oh, yeah, God's representative, who? I'm going to live my life. And then one day they're going to show up and see the glory of God, and they're going to be like, what do you say? Their mouths will be stopped. David isn't your king. David's dead. Spoiler alert. <laughs> if you looked up his Spotify profile, it would say, you know. David's dead. He's not your king. David's not God's representative for you today. But there was a guy who came after David that God chose. David was here, but his great, 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 great grandson he came to earth, and God chose him to be his representative. Just like David, he chose him to be his representative. He invested in him his authority, and he said he will re represent 
my will, my plans, and my desires. And you know what that man's name was? It was Jesus. And so here he shows up on the scene. God's representative shows up on the scene, and nature bows down to him. He says, hey, wind, stop. They go, Sickness bows down to him. He goes, be healed. Nature bows down to him. Sickness bows down to him. Friends, he is so invested with the authority of God that even death bows down to him. He says, Lazarus, wake up. And death couldn't even not bow to him. He was invested with God's authority as God's representative, just like David. But we realize David never commanded the wind. David never raised nobody from the dead. There's something different about this representative king. Everything bowed down to this representative, except for people. Everything bowed down, but there was a group of people, and they said, you know what? Ah, I don't really like this guy. I don't think that this is a good choice to, for a king, and so I think God got it wrong, and so I'm not going to bow down to you. I'm actually going to crucify you. Just like David, they rebelled against God's authority, and they crucified him. You know what God did? You know what God did? He made the ultimate statement. He said, no, 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 no. This is my choice. No, 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 no. He has all authority and power. No, 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 no. You don't have the option to put him in the grave. And he rose him from the dead. The ultimate, shut your mouth. This is my king. Death cannot even hold him down. And so he rose him from the dead. He ascended into heaven, and right now, this representative, he sits on a throne. And you want to flash forward to the end of times? Do you want to see what the last day of eternity looks like? The last day of time? You want to see what it looks like? Philippians chapter 2. Here's the king. Here's his representative given a throne of, to represent God's rule and reign. And look what it says, Philippians chapter 2, verses 9 through 11. We don't have it. Philippians 2, verses 9 through 11. Check this out. We're going to flash forward here, okay? Spoiler alert. End of days, right here. God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every other name. So that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Friends, check this out. One day, the entire earth is going to see this king in all of his splendor and all of his glory, and there will not be an option to not bow down. Everyone who has ever said, no thank you, to this king. Everyone who has ever said, nah, I'm not about that life, to this king, they will see his glory and their only response will just, they will be forced to just bow down and go, what do I do with this? What do I do with this? Every knee will bow. Even those who right now in this life, even those of you in this room who are rejecting God and you're saying, no, I won't bow to him. I don't recognize him as God's king. One day you will either willfully or grudgingly. And so friends, the question for you today is simple. It's very simple. Which group of people are you in? Do you trust in God? 
Do you trust in his representative? Those who trust in God, they will be helped. Friends, those who trust in God, man, the confident crescendo is yours. You will be helped. But those who oppose God, they'll be punished. Not because God's mean. Not because he has hard feelings. Because the punishment must fit the crime. And brothers and sisters, what higher crime is there than rejecting the, the universal sovereign God? Those who oppose him, the only proper consequence is to be punished in the way that David described here. Do you trust in God or do you oppose him? Do you, do you trust in his Christ, in his king, or do you oppose him? If you refuse to bow before Jesus now, just know that one day you will, because you will not be able to do anything else and you will eat your words. But those of you who do bow to Christ, those of you who are trusting in him, this confident crescendo is yours. God is your help. When life is hard, when you don't know what's going on, you can turn to him and say, God, you are my help. Let's pray. Father, I thank you so much for your word. Lord, I, I just, I thank you for truth. If you didn't talk to us, if you didn't reveal yourself to us, how would we ever know anything about you, God? But you have revealed yourself, you have spoken, and you want us to know some things about you. And what we learned today about you, Father, is that you are a help. We can rely on you. We can rely on your Christ because, God, you are a help. And so, Father, I pray for my, my brothers and sisters in this room, and I pray, Lord, that you would open up their eyes to see the truth of your goodness. Open up their eyes to not be blinded, God, to your majesty. I pray that you would soften these hearts. Lord, these young middle schoolers and high schoolers, they have the hardness in their heart that says, I want to live life my way. Father, by your spirit, soften their hearts, God. Humble their hearts and their souls to be able to bow before you willingly and to say, God, I will follow you. We love you, Lord. We thank you for this community. Continue to form us and teach us how to live for your King Jesus. We pray this in his name. Amen.